Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Pugliafito, and I'm here today with Professor Linda Lamb to talk about augmented reality. Uh, Dr. Lamb is Professor of Ophthalmology at the USC Roski Eye Institute at the Keck School of Medicine of USC, and is also Clinical uh, Scientific Director of Occutrex Corporation. So, uh, Linda, welcome to Retina Synthesis. How are you today? I am thrilled to be on retina synthesis today. I'm doing well. Thank you, Carmen. So um, most uh, of our work here on retina synthesis is talk about new retinal pharmacotherapies, but clearly uh, we're going to need advanced technology to deal with our future clinical challenges. And augmented reality is something that we've all heard about, but don't know that much about, I think. The average retina specialist uh, knows little about augmented reality. What, what do we mean by the term augmented reality? What's encompassed by augmented reality? Well, augmented reality refers to generally embedded technology that is able to sense and process um, and output data in real time and recognizes real world, world objects and provides contextual info um, by supplementing your human senses. So how is it different, for example, from virtual reality? Augmented reality is technology that overlays computer generated context onto the user's world and enhances the real world where digital elements overlay the real world. So you actually still get your normal reality around you, but it enhances it. Whereas in VR, the user has an immersive experience and they actually do not see their actual environment around them. So the huge advantage of augmented reality is that you, the user actually sees everything that's um, in their real space, but the technology allows enhancement and direct um, overlay of uh, contextual cues um, onto the real space of that user. So, so how has augmented reality been used in the entertainment world or in other aspects of So um, it allows for uh, immersive gaming experience, for example, in terms of entertainment. Um, in the home improvement industry, Ikea and Lowe's and paint stores use it to overlay um, furniture, for example, in an environment so that you can see the environment, uh, what the furniture would look like in the environment. And in manufacturing, for example, and in construction, uh, you can actually have the uh, wearable device where the user who's using it can pick out, for example, in the uh, process, if there's a if there's a defect in one of the um, items, the the AR device will be able to pick out the defective device. Um, you can also do instruction manual. For example, if you're working on a car, you can put the AR device on your head and it will teach you, for example, how to change a fan belt in a car. And it's very important in terms of manufacturing because you can directly overlay, for example, if you're uh, working on the inside of a, a car and trying to overlay which wires go where, 
the device can tell you step by step where to where to put uh, the different wires and can sense uh, things that are misplaced or <clears throat> not in the correct place uh, in the manufacturing process and pick out those uh, defective parts or defective um, processes and have in instruction instructional videos for people who are making the device or manufacturing. What about medicine? Um, in medicine, the augmented reality has been employed in training, for example, in terms of surgery, uh, allowing an uh, overlay experience for surgical training, not just in ophthalmology, but in all the different subspecialties. And in addition to that, uh, for example, it's replaced the cadaver in anatomy labs um, in terms of education. And then in terms of uh, non-educational uses, the main use is in surgery where it allows for 3D image of the uh, patient scan, for example, directly on top of the patient's organ. For example, if I'm a heart surgeon, I can overlay the angiogram directly on the heart um, when I operate so that I make sure that I'm excising the right vessel. So what's the wearable that, uh, is the wearable different in each one of these applications or is there some uh, standard platform that's used? So the wearable aspect, so for AR technology, you could have it not be mobile, but in general, the uh, when we talk about augmented reality, almost all the uh, technology is on a wearable device. There's multiple wearables that have been developed. For example, Microsoft HoloLens, uh, Magic Leap, uh, Google is uh, developing their own AR device. Um, and here at Occutrex, we have a wearable device uh, that allows overlay for multiple situations. But our company has been primarily geared towards medical applications. So the AR technology can be in different wearables, but usually the software um, is usually specific to that particular wearable. How, how widely used is, are these AR devices in the rest of medicine and surgery? Uh, well, I, I would say AR is pretty much the future of where technology is leading healthcare. Um, it is used in surgical applications for um, many types of surgeries, in, including neurosurgery. It's becoming uh, influential in terms of radiology, where the user can overlay AR technology on top of the scans and pick out the pathology. So I think of all the re revolution that is coming in technology and healthcare, AR is leading the way. So what about ophthalmology? What, what is Occutrex working on? What is your vision for augmented reality in ophthalmology? Well, there are many uh, ophthalmic applications that are being developed in, uh, in ophthalmology using augmented reality. Um, our company specifically have developed a device for low vision where we can help someone who's visually impaired see what they couldn't see before by uh, using eye tracking and pixel uh, remapping to put the scotoma, the area that the patient cannot see onto a healthy area of the retina on the device. 
by uh, projecting the image via eye tracking and aligning the image in the right place with the patient's scotoma dynamically every day. Um, so that has low vision applications, both in macular degeneration, myopic degeneration, and potentially glaucoma, uh, and diseases such as retinitis pigmentosa in terms of low vision. Uh, we've also developed a device called EyeLines, which is an, a device for amblyopia. Uh, that device allows dynamic uh, customization of uh, patching and therapy. So as you know, right now, children are being patched with a bandage patch, and that does not allow for binocular integration. It also doesn't allow for dynamic uh, daily customization of their therapy. So what's important about Accutrex's uh, asset in terms of amblyopia is that we've been able to, one, gamify the technology so that makes it fun for kids. We use icons that the kids like, you know, if they're into dragons or if they're into uh, uh, Ariel from the Disney characters, we can put whatever character that they like and make games of it and get the patient to interact with uh, the technology and really use it because there's an issue of non-compliance with kids using the patching technology. And um, it also see, sends a dynamic feedback to um, the patient's ophthalmologist in real time uh, and, can, and we can change the therapy daily based on how the patient is doing with regards to the amblyopia. Um, well, can we talk a little bit about the uh, low vision system? Uh, yeah. My understanding is that you actually do perimetry to map the scotoma. You do perimetry with active eye tracking. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, that is true. So what ends up happening is the patient wears the headset initially, and they go through essentially similar to a visual field test, but more uh, in terms of the central vision and where we map out the patient's scotoma dynamically every day every day potentially. Mm -hmm. And the device is able to remember what the patient saw in each eye yesterday. And through eye tracking and our software, uh, we're able to render the new, where the scotoma is. We take the, the, what's the image within the scotoma and we map it into a healthy area of the retina for that specific eye for that specific day um, through uh, patented pixel mapping technology and through patented uh, eye tracking. We are the holders of the patent for um, eye tracking in the AR space. Um, and we've been working on this since 2013 when the founders, uh, Michael and Mitchell Freeman's father became blind from macular degeneration. And they made the first device to allow their dad to quote, see again. And their father was able to uh, ride the lawnmower, read emails, and watch TV again. Really changed the way he lived. And um, before he passed, uh, he asked his kids to promise that they would put this device on the market for other people who had macular degeneration and severe low vision. So it's really changed the way I live because when I see patients who come in talking about suicide and hopelessness, um, we have something tangible in the near future that is going to come out and that 
helps patients be able to see their relatives, their spouses and kids' faces again, to be able to watch TV, to read. Um, it's been amazing uh, with our first trial, seeing how much patients were able to see after just the first sitting. Uh, they improved about four to five lines uh, using it for the first time. And these patients put it on for about 10 to 15 minutes before they used it well. And these are patients who do not even have a smartphone and they're not really acquainted with technology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what's, the, so what's the maximum size of the retinal lesion that you can work around? I mean, in terms of size of geographic atrophy or fibro discoform scar? So that is the million dollar question. We are working to answer that um, in our next trial right now. So I, I do not have that answer, but we'll have that answer shortly. Mm -hmm. um, that is the first asset that the company has worked on in terms of low vision applications. And then I talked about the amblyopia device, but uh, the, the very exciting um, device that is coming out is uh, the device that we've made for the operating room. Um, mm -hmm first started working on what we call the OR bot and the OR lens, the surgery suite, um, because I had complained about how uncomfortable it is to do retinal surgery. And I talked to the team, they said, oh, really? Um, and so we investigated the prevalence of um, ergonomic issues in, in, the, in the surgical space. And a recent review in the Review of Ophthal Ophthalmology Journal um, showed that over half of our colleagues in ophthalmology um, have significant complaints about back, neck, musculoskeletal issues, and about 14% um, say that they reduced how much they operate because of these issues, and 7% uh, of them retire early. So this is a huge issue, not just in ophthalmology, but when we talk to our vascular surgeons, neurosurgeons, Every type of surgeon has uh, ergonomic where they their their work life is limited by uh, posture and um, ergonomics. So that was the first uh, problem we wanted to address with our device. But also, um, space constraints was a big issue that I thought when you have heads up display, you have this monitor in the middle of your OR suite that takes up important real estate. And then third was visualization. I, I thought that in terms of the current technology and visualization um, with heads up display, it's not true 4K resolution. Um, and uh, wearing the 3D glasses actually uh, reduces the amount of light that's transmitted by over 50%. So our system is able to do the 3D um, rendering on the monitor without even using 3D glasses. So when you or your technician or your students around you look at the actual monitor, it's in 3D and you don't have to wear any glasses. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, um, a, that's a radical difference. I mean, all of us are, how, so how do you get away, get away from using the three-dimensional glasses that we use with 3D, 3D TV and 3D movies? Um, it's patented technology that I can't reveal exactly how we do it, but um, we are the only company that's able to do this with uh, our resolution is 60 pixels per degree. That is the highest resolution that your eye can see. 
and we are the highest resolution in all of augmented reality um, mm -hmm. that on on this earth right now. We um, so our our surgery suite of the future has three different um, three different ways that the the surgeon can visualize um, the surgical space. Uh, one, you can use uh, the microscope where there's uh, oculars that come up to you. When you sit down, the oculars actually know where you're sitting and the, and the oculars come to your eye and it adjusts depending on your posture. So let's just say I start slouching, you know, with the microscope, I have to keep repositioning so my oculars are still centered. When I start slouching, our, um, our OR bot surgery suite, uh, our, the cobotic arm comes to you and actually um, changes the position depending on where you are. So there's digital feed in, this, uh, in the oculars that you can use. That's the first way you can visualize it. And the second way that we had alluded to is using the, three, uh, the 3D monitor without any 3D glasses. Mm -hmm sit back and be in a comfortable ergonomic position and operate, whether you're doing eye surgery or any type of surgery, you can just look up on the monitor without any 3D glasses and be able to see in 3D, high 3D resolution. Um, and I, I have been able to operate and peel membranes with the 3D display um, mm -hmm. several weeks and it's amazing. Um, the, the third way of operating with our surgery suite, I think is the most uh, innovative is using our uh, OR lens surgery headset. And that's a headset where you put on um, the headset and it allows for a digital overlay. Um, for example, I could have OCT, we're working on putting OCT data um, in the headset. You can have, you can bring up just through uh, looking with your eye gaze, for example, if I wanted to zoom in, I can just lean like lean forward a little bit, and that would allow the zoom feature to be activated. If I gaze in different directions, um, and it would allow different med tile displays. For example, you know a previous uh, angiogram information for the cardiac surgeon, or uh, different just different patient information, and that's customized. For the surgery and the surgeon and and it can be uh, and this allows for a very high resolution um, mapping on top of the actual real world so you're able to actually see the patient um, whereas there are there are other surgery devices that we've used um, in the ar space that are purported to be ar but when when i used it it was obscuring too much of the actual um, actual, it, it was obscuring a lot of light. So I was not able to see the surgical space that our device is able to. Mm -hmm. And we have something called dynamic opacity. Um, our device, both the OR lens and the Oculus lens and all of our AR devices has something called dynamic opacity. So we have an algorithm and software that actually detects the ambient light surroundings of the user. So for example, if I'm in a very bright space and I'm a cataract surgeon, I have the room lights on, but I'm operating and trying to do FACO, um, the, the OR lens will know that you're in a bright surrounding and it will actually make the area that you're looking into darker 
with the background, but allowing you to see everything around you. Mm-hmm. So um, we have, it is dynamic opacity that allows us to actually use the device to become a virtual reality device, meaning have it be completely immersive if we wanted to. So technically, so, our, um, what we call X, it allows AR and VR to be used. So when do you think the OR bot, uh, your augmented, your, your AR bot is going to be available? Uh, we're planning to premiere it next year um, at the Frankfurt Retina, but I am not sure when it's going to be FDA approved. So mm-hmm. um, I would say within the next uh, year or two. Um, the OR, the, so the OR bot system uh, will require you know, FDA approval and we're already uh, set up teams around the, around the globe surgical teams to uh, carry out our clinical trials. What about the macular degeneration system? So for the AMD device or the OcuLens, we're planning to have this be available by the end of the year, 2021. Um, Taking into consideration that with the pandemic, it's led to issues with supply chain and so forth. But uh, we are anticipated to have this available by the end of 2021. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a very exciting conversation. Um, what do you do? You have any final words about what we should be on the lookout for as uh, retina specialists? Oh, in terms of AR um, and in terms of technology, I, I think as retina specialists, well, for example, this device does telemonitoring. Uh, the device will be able to tell you whether the patient is having a change in their scotoma. And I think that's going to be very, very revolutionary in terms of the patient not having to come in every X amount of time to monitor their AMD. So uh, because of these telehealth uh, reimbursement codes that have been employed due to the pandemic, um, there's been a huge adoption of telehealth amongst uh, not just ophthalmologists, but in many areas of medicine. And so I do think uh, telemedicine is going to be much bigger in ophthalmology and in retina. And I do think AR is is going to really drive what's going to happen in medicine in terms of not just education for our surgeons and being able to remotely collaborate. Like for our, our device, you can actually I can put on the device and and do a retinal surgery and someone who's coined a new, for example, macular hole procedure can be using their device at home in South Africa, for example, and be able to teach me just through gesturing because they have the same view as I do in real time because our latency of our device is less than 10 milliseconds. Um, In real time, that surgeon will be able to tell me through gesturing, oh, peel the membrane here. Um, and I'm in the operating room and they're just at home and they have the same device on. That is just going to change how we treat our patients, how we make you know, surgery and treatments safer and change the whole face of um, education in medicine. But we can also do patient education as well. The device allows for um, monitoring of uh, aspects of the body outside of the eye. So you can actually use our device um, outside of ophthalmology. So I'm just really excited at how technology is going to change our lives 
And I think the pandemic has really propelled the adoption of technology in healthcare. And I'm really excited about how we can help patients who used to be severely visually impaired have hope and have productive lives. Okay, well, thank you so much, Linda. Have a good day. Hi, Carmen. I appreciate it.